Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore, the show. My name is Tom Gowker, and this evening we have jazz trumpeter Sean Jones. Welcome to another edition of Something Came From Baltimore. I am your host, Tom Gowker, and tonight we have a special meet and greet with one of our new Baltimore neighbors, superstar jazz trumpet player sean jones sean is the new jazz department chair at the peabody and he is fresh off the u-haul as he now lives and works in the mount vernon area of baltimore sean jones is in love with baltimore and you can hear it through the interview he feels connected and this will be home for him so we want to take some time to welcome him and to see what he is all about just to give you some historical facts Sean Jones is one of the young guns of jazz. It's not the Kiefer Sullivan movie with the Bon Jovi theme song. At, at the turn of the century, we're talking about the early 2000s, there was a wave of smart, excited, young, and inventive jazz players. They took the boring jazz genre and flipped it, introducing trip-hop, fusions, and rap elements. While they could play the standards, their own music was ripped with fresh and exciting ideas. The Young Guns, Roy Hargrove, Christian Scott, Chris McBride, Stefan Harris, Jason Moran, Terrence Blanchard, and Sean Jones. Time has passed, and these artists have delivered bodies of work that has been astounding. Groundbreaking and just plain old fun to listen to. Sean Jones has played an integral part of this jazz renaissance. In this interview, we talk about his new position at the Peabody, his amazing band, my personal obsession with one of his tunes from the improvised record called Dark Times, and we can hear some tracks from his latest recording, Live at the Bistro. In my opinion, this was not an interview per se. It was, it was more of a conversation, like two friends bumping into each other on the street. Without pretension, Sean Jones is one cool cat, and that is how Baltimore likes it. He's just going to fit in just fine. Welcome, Sean Jones, to Something Came From Baltimore. All right. Good to be here, man. Thank you. We just want to do it like a little icebreaker. It's really great to have you in Baltimore and to have you with us. But so people get to know you, we're just going to ask them some questions, see how you uh, fare with this. Uh, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is red. What's your favorite food? You know, honestly, I don't really have a favorite food. I would kind of say I, I sort of lean towards Italian. No. Sort of, but um, but even with that, it's not like something that I just crave. Um, I really don't have a favorite food. <laughs> it's 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 got to be high quality. I'll say that. Yeah, and that doesn't mean expensive. <laughs> that yeah. just means that whoever made it really cared about what they were doing. So I'm not a fan of fast food. Uh, cat or dog or neither. Dog definitely, but I like both. I've had cats, and I've had dogs, so I kind of like both, but. I guess I'm more of a dog guy than a cat guy. 
Uh, favorite sports team? I don't have a favorite team. I actually like players. Okay. <laughs> Who's your favorite player? Do you remember? Uh, in which sport? Just whatever what pops up your mind. Uh, Russell Westbrook. I really dig a lot. He has a lot of integrity. Pro-Russia or anti-Russia? Oh, pro-Russia. Okay. But only be only for the people. Yeah. Not for the politics. Favorite TV show? Favorite TV show. Whew. That's a good one. I would probably have to say Breaking Bad. I miss the old Kanye. Pro Kanye or anti Kanye? Pro Kanye. I want him to succeed. I want him to be okay. I'm never going to be anti anyone. Do you <laughs> do you still call jazz musician cats? <laughs> I do sometimes. <laughs> I call a lot of people cats. <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't know why. If you could guest on anyone's album, who would it be? Oh, if I could guest on anyone's album? Yeah. Jeez, probably Herbie. Herbie or Wayne. Herbie or Wayne Shorter. Probably Wayne Shorter at this point. <laughs> like if I had to choose one, probably Wayne. What's your favorite Miles Davis album? Honestly, I don't think I have a favorite one. I have diff- I have favorite ones from different periods. Um, as of late, it's Sketches of Spain. Isn't that great that he has a catalog that you can fall in love with different eras and then come back to it later and uh, start oh, yeah. all over again? He understands the importance of documentation, documenting where you are. What's your favorite Coltrane album? Love Supreme. Have you officially moved to Baltimore? Officially. I am here. <laughs> Right in Mount Vernon. What is your thoughts of the city so far? I think it's probably the most misunderstood city I've ever lived in. This is an amazing place, amazing people. It's it's the it's the best of the East Coast while it's affordable. <laughs> and um, part of what I want to do here is just kind of just let people know, like, this is a hip place to be. The northern city with the southern hospitality. That's exactly. That's, that's a great way of putting it. You can turn to any single person anywhere and, and just start talking to them you know it's like they'll continue to talk with you i mean it just feels it feels good it feels yeah and they're cool they're not pins in the ass (laughs) (laughs) so how's your transition for the the peabody so far so far it's been great um they are very receptive to my ideas they're open to new things they're open to challenges and um we'll see where it goes um they do know that i'm going to hold them to task (laughs) when it comes to building the program but i also told them that they should hold me to task so i I believe that myself and these and the senior leadership uh, are on the same page so i believe that good things are going to happen very soon they've already happened i mean the faculty that we've hired is kind of my dream team are you using the Whit Marsalis guide where you know he he could be on the road every weekend but he decided to settle in at the Lincoln Center are you finding that being grounded at one place and uh, being able to create there is beneficial to like to your health and well-being oh totally man and and to be frank um I haven't felt this way since I left Pittsburgh um Boston I never really truly got my footing down um, Boston to me is kind of like more of a commuter city. It never felt like a home. Um, and that's not necessarily Boston's fault. I think it's because of who I am as a person. I like to be in a city where when I go to the grocery store, folks kind of know who you are. My neighbors know who I am, that kind of vibe. And that's not really how I felt in Boston. Um, perhaps that's because of, <laughs> um, just where I was in my career at the time, but I can already tell by being here. In Baltimore, I mean, I already know several people, already have ties into the community. So it's it feels more like a home already. <laughs> and it's only been a week, two weeks. You know. Is there one word of wisdom that you'd give your uh, students that is kind of universal in your teachings? Believe and go get it.
believe that you can have it and then go get it. Go after it every single day. But you don't go after anything that you don't believe in. I think most people just talk themselves out of things. Like their their own worst enemy is what's in their head and they just talk themselves out of opportunities that are available. Oh, big time. Most of the time. Yeah. It's just like imagine how many people thought of the light bulb and didn't either have the education to do it or the tenacity to go after it every single day. <laughs> you're basically overwhelmed. I mean, you're basically just starting up a new gig. Are you even looking at like a solo project or have you worked on anything? I'm actually working on two projects. One is a, is an extension of my album Roots. Um, we're still, believe it or not, in the touring phase of, of the, um, the live album even though it was done a couple of years ago. It just came out really like a year or so ago. And so we're still kind of shopping that around, but I'm working on one project that's an extension of my album Roots. And then there's another project that I'm working on with a tap dancer who is also moving to Baltimore. Her name is Brene Ali. And we're working on a Dizzy Gillespie project that deals with Dizzy, Dizzy's connection to Africa and the Baha'i faith. Yeah. Uh, this summer you're working on uh, NYO Jazz, and I'm not 100% sure what that's all about. Yeah, NYO Jazz is an extension of their orchestral youth orchestral um, ensemble that tours Europe every summer. They have two orchestral ensembles, NYO1, NYO2, and they go and do a residency at Purchase College for two weeks where they study under the direction of a major orchestral um, uh, conductor. Last year, uh, it was actually Marin um, from uh, the BSO. She was the uh, the conductor for that organization last year. And um, this year is the first year that they're going to do their jazz version of it. So what we do is we do that residency, as I mentioned, for two weeks at SUNY Purchase College. And then we perform at Carnegie Hall. And we go on the road after that for two weeks in Europe. And it's all paid for. If you're chosen, it's completely free for students. How's that for a great experience? Yeah, it's, I, you know, it's funny. I did, I did something similar not at this scale, obviously, and when I was in when I was in uh, undergrad, and it's a life changing experience. I'm just really excited for the students because they have no idea <laughs> what level of um, joy they're going to get from this. They have no idea how it's going to affect their lives. This is really exciting. I'm excited for them. First time I heard you live, it was at the Mid-Atlantic Jazz Festival. You were the headliner, and uh, there was a spiritual thing that happened to me. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you. This song that you played from uh, Improvise called Dark Time, there was a story to it, so I do want you to tell about it. But when you played that, I basically said there is no reason that anyone who is a, a rock fan or liking different genres would not love this song. You just... You killed it. It was so good. It was so dense. And um, thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I said, why, why can't people be a little more open? At, if if you like Led Zeppelin, you'd like your your interpretation that day of Dark Time. It was fantastic. So you have a story about the song that that even uh, I want to play a little of it. I won't have the live version, but I want to play a, a little of it. But I want you to tell me a little story about uh, how you uh, developed that song.
do you remember uh, what this mental state you were in or what happened when you were making that song? Yeah, well, for me, man, I was just kind of going through some difficult moments when I was in um, undergrad. And, you know, it was simple, simple stuff, frankly, that I thought was deep. Like it was a breakup. It was like, you know, a few bill problems, financial problems. But something that big happened was like my father died. Um, And um, I kind of just wrote that song because I was feeling real dark, angry, upset. I started to lose some of my spiritual focus. And honestly, I just, uh, several years later, a few years back when I recorded it, I rediscovered that song. And I said, you know, I just want to kind of put a little daylight in it. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and put a little hope in it because no matter how dark the time is, you can get through it. You know, and I always say what Winston Churchill says, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> so I just kind of put a little, put a little sunshine in that, um, in that composition. So that's what you heard. And I'm glad that you enjoyed it. You seem to have a really strong connection with Orion Evans and uh, the bass player was really good too. Uh, yeah and i was like wow you guys all seem to be in sync and you knew exactly what you were going to do with this i was like wow this is this is what live music's all about yeah man the thing is deep you know is like it i've had to sacrifice to keep that band together a lot of times i'll pay them before i pay myself and i think that if you're willing to keep a band together that's the product you get i mean we we know we we know each other's (laughs) <laughs> like thoughts on stage we know exactly what the other person's going to do i mean we we just we just know we know each other that well and at this point because i've committed so much they're now committing to me in return and and it's really fulfilling man um anybody that has a band that they're putting together they have to understand that the deepest part about leadership is sacrifice leadership is not about being the star it's not about being out front and being seen. It's about sacrificing yourself to the vision that you have. Uh, one thing that's good about Orion is now he's a Philly guy. He's up the, up the road, more or less. But um, I guess he's really busy with the Bad Plus. But it was obvious that you guys uh, know what you're, what you're doing. I mean, it's obvious that you guys are connecting. Well, we love each other, man. You know, what you, what you, hear, what you experience on stage is love and that's not all you know and that's not that we get along all the time (laughs) you know we have disagreements you know we have different ways of seeing the music at certain times but we're we're brothers and it's all love what what you hear on the stage man and we just played at dizzy's this past weekend and i don't know man it's like when you live with somebody so long you just know them and if you don't know them then that's sad (laughs) but we just we know each other because we've been honest with each other you know, for, you know, in, in the in the good moments and also the moments that have, we struggle with. Like, you know, Oren Evans' father died on my first recording, man. My first record date, his father died, and he didn't say a word. Ooh. You know, that's that's how much of a deep connection we have. Uh, they played on your, uh, your live album, the uh, Live of the Bistro. Uh, they did, yes. And uh, I want to talk about two of the tracks. Uh, they may not be the ones that you kind of focus towards radio, but I found them to be my favorites. Uh, Lost, then found. What was the development of that song? We want to play a little of that little in, after we talk about it. But um, what was the genesis of that song? 
Uh, well, lost and found, man, is actually, it's kind of like a, it has double meaning. Um, I started hearing this melody in my, this, not melody, a bass line in my head. And I was like, huh, that's kind of cute. That's kind of tricky. Let me write that down. Lo and behold, I had written it down <laughs> or wrote this, the bass line out maybe like 10 years prior and never finished it and just forgot, <laughs> just forgot about it. And for me, it kind of reflects where I am at this point in my life, man. Like there's like I've kind of come into a returning of who I am as a musician and as an educator, um, like coming to Baltimore, coming back into more of like a, you know, a real c community that I can call mine, investing in a community, returning to certain spaces that I was in 20 years ago. It's, it's you know, it's kind of like, kind of like that. <laughs> and coming to Baltimore, man, made me realize like, this is really who I am. I'm a gritty kind of guy. I'm a earthy kind of cat. I like to be in the community. I like to play at the local spots. That's just who I am. Let's take a listen <laughs> to that song. Uh, the other song that I thought was fantastic, I do think this is a great album, uh, is Arts Variable. What was that song about? How did that start? Uh, thank you, man. Well, actually, it was just based on <laughs> the idea. I was up one night, and I was kind of just noodling around at the piano, and I had a few glasses of wine. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, you know, Art Blakey and John Coltrane really didn't work together that much, and they really didn't record together. And so I started to imagine what would it be like if John Coltrane and Art Blakey worked together? What would it sound like? 
And so that's what I came up, art's variable. <laughs> yeah, art was, uh, you know, a decade before, correct? You know, they were, like, John was really a lot younger. Yeah, he was younger, but they were around at the same time. You know? They're just two separate paths. Uh, let's take a listen to that. What is the Open Studio Network? Open Studio Network is an organization that's based in St. Louis. And basically what we do is we do online lessons and we do them organically. Um, we choose topics that typically aren't found in textbooks, like how to audition, um, how do you prepare for a gig that you've never been on, very specific etudes or studies, um, sort of quirky, pedagogical things that I've discovered over the years. And you could either subscribe to that or you could pay a one-time fee for, for an individual lesson. And it's and it's it's a pretty cool tool. Basically, it gives uh, consumers access to me without them having to go through a university or break the bank. So they don't get everything that I do at a university, obviously, but you know, they can get some some insight to how I operate. You know, by looking at your bio, the word uh, spirituality comes up. What does that mean to you? And uh, what do you think of the world today? I know it's a pretty big question. Yeah. Well, spirituality is what I, what I feel is my connection to all things. I believe that I am the ground I'm standing on. I am the air that I breathe. I'm the water. I'm the words that come out of my mouth. I'm the bad stuff. I'm the good stuff. And so ultimately, spirituality is my connection to the universe. And the way that I feel about the state of the world is that the world is constantly in flux. The world is constantly going in and out of bad phases, in and out of good phases, highs and lows. That's just the way that the world balances itself. And I think it's important that those of us that know that ultimately positivity is going to yield more peace, um, that we focus on that thing. And then perhaps maybe one day our humanity will become enlightened, we'll be just be enlightened as a species and we'll realign with nature. And, and, and that's my hope, man. And, and the only thing that I can do is live that in my life by being true to who I am, being honest, speaking truth, being positive, and doing what it is that I feel that I'm compelled to do. And that's what spirituality is for me. It doesn't mean being perfect. It means being real and being honest. I think that uh, some people don't realize that we're having 
some really meaningful conversations uh, below the belt. So in the, the Trump world, you know, there's craziness going on, but we're tackling, you know, uh, women's rights. We're talking about racism. We're talking about police brutality. We're talking about things that were quiet for a really long time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, things are definitely happening in positive lights. Um, I think it's it's important not to become too self-righteous either. Because <laughs> I think that, you know, a lot of movements tend to exude a certain level of self-righteousness, whereas we're right and there is no other side. That's a problem. I think it's important to view and accept the other side, even, even though you don't necessarily agree with it, and find common ground. My fear is that people are just getting further and further and further away from each other. And that's not cool either. I think that's something that's going to be, you know, discussed. I think that people are isolating themselves with technology and that is going to be something that's going to, they're going to really have to work through. I mean, I, I think the revelations about Facebook and, and social media, they didn't know a year ago that, okay, they right. were being manipulated. So. You know, there there are things that will change. What I do like about music, which I know you don't like the fact that, you you know, the, the pay structure is not the same. But if you're looking for something, you can find it. I mean, it's not going to be on the radio. If I want a Sean Jones song, I just, I can, uh, I can find it by, you know, going Honestly, after my taste. Honestly, I have to say, I'm not that mad at the pay structure, man. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, everything is a business and things change. Those that are not willing to change with the times are left by the times, and they'll just be left behind complaining that things aren't the way that they used to be. Mm -hmm. Things change even if you like it or not. <laughs> so it's important. Like, like it's actually interesting. One of the this dizzy project that I'm working on, I'm going to be using pedals because a, a lot of modern trumpet playing deals with the use of technology and different sounds and all of that. It's not a new concept, but it's something that is being more and more dealt with in today's time. So if I want to stay relevant and I want to be a part of what's happening now, I need to investigate the current practices and not just be one of those people who say, oh, the trumpet is an acoustic instrument. I'm never going to add supplements to it. Okay, well, you're limiting yourself. Rolling Stone just had a, a podcast interview with uh, Questlove and He's, you know, he has people searching out, you know, the 10 top SoundCloud rap artists and just give it to him. So he, he's like, I just need to know what's going on. He goes, I, I may not love right. it, but I, I feel like if I'm not connected, I'm not I'm not a part of the, the scene. I just need to exactly. I just need to know that it exists and what they're doing. And I, I, I may not personally love it. But, you know, when you play an album 20 times, 30 times, you're going to find something that you like out of it. So exactly. Yeah. And that's that's uh, one thing we're not doing. And I, that's maturity on his part. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, and Quest is awesome. We got one more for you, Sean Jones. By living your life, what is the one thing that you know for sure? The one thing that I know for sure is that the most powerful thing that we have is choice. That's the one thing I do know for sure. You can choose what you want your life to be at any point. You can choose to go in a direction. You could choose to love. You could choose to hate. You could choose to live. You could choose to die. The most powerful thing we have is choice. 
I love it. Uh, Sean, how do people get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of me is either through my website, Sean at Sean-Jones.com or on Instagram. I'm just S Jones Jazz on Instagram or um, Johns Hopkins University, S Jones Jazz at JHU.edu. I'm very accessible. And I'm here for the community. I'm here for Baltimore. Thank you, Sean Jones, for chatting with me on Something Came From Baltimore. Thanks, my man. It's been awesome. Yeah, I know. It was great. I hope you enjoyed Something Came From Baltimore, the show this week. You can listen to Something Came From Baltimore, the podcast, anytime. Just subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and all other platforms. Subscribe and be a part of that Be More Music scene. Walking down the avenue, walking down the avenue, a few more streets and we'll be through.